welcome listener. This is Louis, host of The Cove, the podcast where we go deep with crypto builders along the path to 100 million daily signers. What would happen if you embarked on the ambitious task of building a Web3 game from the ground up in space? How do you craft a vibrant, incentive-aligned, in-space economy? How does a Web3-enabled AAA game differ from regular AAAs? How do you keep the community engaged along the development cycle? Today, we're heading into space to chat Star Atlas with the one and only Michael Wagner. Before we jump in, I'd like to share a bit about Streamflow who make this podcast possible. Streamflow is hassle-free on-chain token operations using money streams. Stop using an Excel sheet and start using Streamflow for automated token vesting and payroll. Streamflow is the market leader on Solana. Twice audited with over 500 million in TVL, 37,000 plus streams created and 40 plus clients, including outstanding teams like Raindrops, Hubble, Jungle DeFi, Heavenland, Genopets, and the list goes on. To set up hassle-free vesting contracts and automated payroll, head over to streamflow.finance and get started today. Alrighty, I'm super pumped to have Michael Wagner, the CEO and co-founder of Star Atlas. Star Atlas should need no introduction, but I will briefly say it is the, in my opinion, most promising, um, big budget, exciting uh, Web3 game uh, for real true gamers and not in like that play to earn direction really for true gamers who love gaming uh it's a super exciting title um i'm pumped to chat all about building in the web3 space web3 gaming space with michael today welcome michael louis great to be here uh there's a lot to unpack under the hood definitely going after the mainstream gamer but we put a lot of weight um into this philosophy of true on-chain game logic and composability and the things we can do uh, in the space as a result of that development methodology, but happy to be here and looking forward to the conversation. And what a perfect uh, platform to use with Solana. So before we dive into like what Star Atlas is and how you came to have the idea, could you just share a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably know the the full background, but uh, I've been in the crypto space about 10 years, come from traditional finance in, in the investment management space. And um, it was largely the result of not being able to get any traction with the registered investment advisors that I was working with in getting uh, Bitcoin and client portfolios mm -hmm. that I made the decision in 2015 just to go full-time crypto after uh, doing some cloud mining and GPU mining of, of different cryptocurrencies and uh, launched my first company in 2016. I was called Tokes. It was a company that operated at the intersection of crypto and legal cannabis, trying to provide financial services to that industry. Um, through that, uh, recruited what would ultimately go on to be two of uh, the other co-founders at Star Atlas. That's uh, Danny Floyd and Jacob Floyd, chief product officer, chief technology officer, respectively. And um, and uh, you know, fast forward to 2020, a few doors had closed on us uh, with respect to some opportunities we had with Tokes. And we went back to the drawing board, sat down with the guys, and, and uh, we all could see what was coming with NFTs and, and PFPs and DeFi and a, a very nascent stage of crypto gaming. You know, a lot of turn-based games or card-style games. And um, Jacob and Danny both have deep experience in the game development space. And we decided we wanted to bring something that was completely immersive, that was AAA, uh, that would ultimately cater to the mainstream and, and build it on chain. And we selected Solana uh, pretty early in that uh, analysis process. And 
and uh, the rest is kind of history. Nice. Okay, so you've you've teased the lead there. Uh, can you share it to the listeners who are somehow not aware what Star Atlas is? What Star Atlas is? Yeah, um, I, I honestly always have a, a difficult time kind of fully explaining it because the breadth and the scope of what we're building is incredibly ambitious and and tackles a lot of different areas. Uh, the easiest starting point is on the the flagship product that we're building, which is Star Atlas in Unreal Engine 5. And so this is the open world space exploration um, uh, MMO uh, centered around territory control, combat, data running. You can be a CEO, you can be a politician, uh, you can be a bounty hunter, um, but it's that full immersion um, that includes things like extraction and crafting and supply chain management, logistics, and then just open world uh, combat and battle. We've actually been doing some experimentation with first person slash third person shooting right now. So kind of taking you all the way down to the character level and then all the way out into deep space where you can uh, inhabit your ship and explore the interior and you see all of these beautiful materials. So that's that's the AAA gaming side. But beyond all of that, we're really what I would describe as more of a development platform or ecosystem. Um, and this is because of our philosophy, again, because of this idea of on-chain logic. So we have two other environments that are in development. One of those is in-browser. We just rolled out a product launch. It's called Sage Labs, and Sage is Star Atlas Golden Era. And Labs was this experimental dev environment that we were working in to test the uh, on-chain mechanics and ultimately gave it a facelift cleaned up the UI UX and just released that out um, to the world last week. And that is, uh, it's it's all centered on resource extraction and crafting, so navigating this, this 2D map and identifying opportunities to collect resources and then putting those into crafting tables and, and collecting loot or trading those on the open market. Uh, there is a 3D implementation of that. It's being built in Play Canvas. So you'll have full WebGL 3D assets in browser. And again, the browser application is really more of a real-time strategy implementation of the game. And then finally, we have a mobile app that's also in development. And this is a mobile fitness app. It's called Crew. And the idea is similar to Move to Earn, so similar to what Stepin is doing, for example, with the exception of your physical activity, your walking, running, or cycling doesn't earn you currency. It levels up your character. So mm. you're actually progressing your character. And then where all of this coalesces is, again, that backend blockchain infrastructure where all of the gameplay mechanics can actually tie in and reference the same on-chain program or smart contract. And so movement that's taking place in, say, the browser application can be replicated into the Unreal Engine application and vice versa. And all of the assets that you're using all point to the same asset itself on-chain. Um, and are interchangeable. So you level up a crew member in the mobile fitness app, you can slot that into your ship through ship configuration and loadout. And obviously the higher your crew member or all of your crew members, the more performant, the better ship attributes uh, you'll have uh, in your, um, in the game. Got you. So the idea is that the gamer who is playing, for example, Star Atlas, like the, the, um, the main experience or the, the 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 primary experience, they can be leveling up and playing the other two games, sort of in in, in tangent or alongside the the main game, and it all feeds in together. That is that's the idea, and some of this is still 
theoretical. We haven't mm. fully implemented all of this, but I can give you one example of uh, how this will integrate within the next couple of months. Um, so within the the Unreal Engine product, this is massive scope. Uh, it's going to take many years for us to get to a complete V1 of the game, but we do release um, modules or iterations of the game periodically with updates to gameplay loops and mechanics. Um, we're now on release 2.1 of that. 2.2 is coming out towards the end of the year, most likely. And uh, that gameplay loop centers on competitive combat racing. So you can kind of think mm -hmm. Mario Kart or pod racing, uh, where you're picking up boosts and you're picking up ammo and you're attacking other ships. Um, and through this racing gameplay loop, those players are going to be burning some of the core resources that are in the economy. Uh, food, ammunition, toolkits, things like this. Now, those same resources are all extracted from Sage Labs. That's, uh, that's for the default arena for you to collect those and craft those items. And so what you could see is players that are engaged in the RTS browser game, extracting resources, crafting these consumable inputs, and then selling those to players who just care about racing. So let's, you know, let's assume mm. you're the mainstream gamer and you, you're really most interested in content, in the entertainment aspect of the game. But there's also a chance for earning there because your races, uh, you're competing in tournaments and maybe there's a little prize pool in Atlas that can be paid out. So these players are earning Atlas through competitive racing. They're using that Atlas to buy resources from people who are playing uh, the browser-based game. And all of these, again, are just simply operating on Solana. And so both environments, whether it's in Unreal or it's in uh, in the browser, reference the same assets and they're easily transferable uh, across accounts. And in fact, uh, in mid-2022, we rolled out a software development kit that we call the F-Kit. And this is a Web3 JS library that integrates um, uh, it integrates Solana natively into Unreal Engine. So when you load up our game client, you're actually connecting a wallet there, just like you would do if you were connecting a wallet to, say, any DeFi application out there. And through that wallet application, you can reference and see all of the assets that are in your possession. And based on that, those are the assets that you can load into the game. We've also taken it a step further and built out uh, the marketplace integration into Unreal Engine as well. So you're able to trade peer-to-peer -peer as well as purchase from, say, us on the primary markets directly in the game engine. But we think this is really cool, and it's it's the activation of a real-world economy as the foundation for all of the gaming products that are coming out. And I would just make one, one final point about this. Why I say it's a development platform is because... Again, this on-chain on logic concept uh, leads to composability, extensibility. So other developers out there can build their own uh, applications, whether it's DeFi or GameFi or game services, and they can seamlessly and permissionlessly integrate into our game logic because we have the IDLs out. They can point directly mm. to one of the gameplay mechanics and build something around that. Uh, and this extends to a very, very wide opportunity of game content creation in the future as well. But the idea is we can inspire a global population of developers to build their own products around Star Atlas and leverage the existing user base, wherein everybody wins. The users get access to new features. The developers find some way to monetize the service that they're providing. We get new services and a happier audience because we don't 
have to uh, allocate the resources to build it ourselves. Yeah, completely. I mean, this has always been a very attractive part of the concept of Web3 gaming or GameFi or whatever you want to call it. And, and I used to think about, you know, you imagine you're playing Star Atlas, you have some really sought after coveted item, and then an indie dev releases a small game and they give you bonuses based on if you own that item. Like, to, And it's a win-win for both for both sides because the indie gamer is able to leverage you know, a, new, a new player base. And Star Atlas is able to say like, hey, look how valuable it is to be playing Star Atlas. Like other teams will even be launching stuff, you know, just for you, um, which is really cool. I'm curious to get your take as a builder on the, on the other side. Like you're building a, what, what, would, what, would, what we would consider like a triple A game. Um, and these typically in the regular gaming sphere, they're very expensive. They take a very long time. And it's kind of like a front loaded uh, cost right like they they spend a lot of money for five years and then they release the game and they hope it sells well but i'm i'm guessing and i'd love to get your thoughts here and, and how you guys are approaching it i'm guessing that the way that you're building it because you have this in-game economy it, it has a different model so could you maybe speak a bit about that yeah of course and in fact we were just discussing this internally yesterday the idea of um, you know the the mainstream AAA titles that do take eight years or ten years. Starfield, you know, great mm -hmm. example. Uh, yeah. It was ten years in development, but uh, I, I think their marketing said it was twenty five years in the making for it to be mm. conceptualized, and then the tech to evolve to a sufficient state, and then for them to actually break ground and start building. Um, and there's all this build up and anticipation, and then a month after the release or two months after the release, it's essentially nobody talks about it anymore because there's mm. something else. So our approach to uh, finance, finances was really bootstrapping. So it was presenting the idea, uh, creating some assets, selling those assets, and getting people uh, involved in the development process early. So we have a great community, a very active community. Um, we listen to them extensively and and communicate with them extensively as well about what's taking place what's being developed um, and providing content to them as we go and in doing so you can really think about being involved in star atlas is not just about waiting for the game part of the experience is actually being behind the scenes mm -hmm. and seeing a game develop and seeing the evolution of that product um, and you know people are really captivated by this so it's uh, I, I, I don't want to overemphasize that point because at the end of the day, everybody does want the game. They do want to play. Mm. Like that's really what it's all about. But there's just something special about being able to be a part of it and say, I was there on day one when there was, there was nothing. It was a white paper and a dream mm. uh, that these guys put out there on the internet, you know? And so, uh, again, we've, we've cultivated this fantastic community and they're, they're willing to uh, effectively crowdfund the development through the purchase of assets which have some function in the game. And so that has always been our, our plan because building out AAA, to your point, is a big budget. It takes a long time. You know, you're looking at hundreds of millions of dollars in development costs, and that's if everything goes right. <laughs> and mm. that doesn't even factor for working on the bleeding edge of innovative technology like Web3 integration into the game. So we know it's going to be expensive. We were fortunate that we had a very successful first year, extraordinarily successful first year, um, you know, having done some $200 million in revenue. Now there's caveats to that and some ups and downs, and we can get into that if you'd like, but um, it's uh, our, our approach to funding development has never changed. 
in spite of the success or in spite of uh, roadblocks that we've hit along the way. It's we have to continue to produce good content. We have to produce something that people want to engage in. And the result of that is both user acquisition and revenue generation for us. Now, where we're, I would say, more distinct is that my uh, strategy is not necessarily to continue to bootstrap through new asset sales. At some point, there will be a finite supply that we produce. Um, our strategy is to produce a functional economy that has a high transaction volume. So it has a you know large GDP, a lot of players exchanging assets with one another. And we effectively just capture a small tax on all of those transactions. Um, and that tax is a, is a bad word. Nobody really likes taxes and nobody likes the idea of taxation. But what the, what that provides as a benefit to the player is that we don't need to be the sole distributor or seller of every asset. When I think of play to earn um, and the criticisms of play to earn and how it's, you know, they've all failed and it's, it's not sustainable, it can't work. It's because people are using an emission curve of tokens to, um, to supplement or exclusively reward the players. But if we're able to create an environment where there's layers of complexity and specialization across the game, then one person might be exclusively mining carbon and crafting that into something, and another person is exclusively mining hydrogen, for example. But they both need hydrogen and carbon. So you have one player who will sell hydrogen to the other player and one player who will sell carbon to the other player. Very basic example. But the general principle is players are able to create income for themselves based off of other players' interest in the things that they produce. And that could also come down to purchasing convenience. If you don't want to go through this whole extraction and crafting process, you just want to race, you're happy to buy these resources from other people who do want to spend the time on that gameplay loop. And so again, it's, it's being able to match producers with consumers where we take a small portion from the middle, um, but otherwise the majority of that value exchanges between those two people. And that can lead to a sustainable real economy in the long term. Got you. Uh, that makes complete sense. Like, where do you see, uh, I mean, my perception is that building a, a successful economy, it must be challenging, right? Because you have to get the in, the incentives really like dialed in that, everyone has a they're incentivized to actually perform their action everything runs smoothly i mean where where do you see like the biggest challenges so far in terms of building the the in-game economy well to be frank the the biggest challenge is just um not having sufficient gameplay out across mm. the board across all of these different initiatives that we're working on the biggest incentive in gaming um bottom line is is it fun is it yep. entertaining? And if you're not doing that, then people won't want to play regardless. I mean, if if all you're focused on are the economics or the finances, then you're just building DeFi. Um, yeah. Right. And so in, in many ways, I think of DeFi as actually the first gamification of finance because, the yeah. you know, the idea that you could borrow from one liquidity pool and get a higher yield in another li liquidity pool. There are there are there is some strategy there that's kind of fun if you're able to exploit it. Um, but ultimately, the biggest incentive is the game. If we have fun gaming products, people will come in and want to play that, and that elevates all of the activity across the economy. Yeah, so, that makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah. and because I my a lot of a lot of real gamers seem to criticize Web three games, and I think it is because 
they have misplaced uh, they they have misplaced goals of you know they consider the economy before they consider the game. So okay. it's good to hear that you guys are sort of taking like the game first approach there. Um, and the next question is around like crypto. I mean, it moves so quickly. As you said, DeFi initially was like a game. I, mean, I remember Sushi Swap, you know, with all the different yeah. menus and stuff. It was very gamified. Yeah. And that feels like it was yesterday, but it was already three years ago. So, you know, crypto moves very quickly. How do you guys kind of remain relevant as you're building out the game? I think the the vision and the scope is what keeps us relevant in, mm. in being able to execute at the bleeding edge. Um, and, and this is true not only for the blockchain integration, but for um, uh, for the development that we're doing in Unreal Engine and the sheer quality and fidelity of the assets that we're mm. bringing to market. I mean, we're, we are competing with the best in AAA game development at the same time as, you know, operating and integrating blockchain into everything that we do. So, you know, that that is going to be paramount for our future success is that we can continue to bring best in class to market and something that you know, keeps people really captivated and interested in the long term. Got you. A quick one before we move on to Sage Labs. Uh... For all the gamers out there, like what platform will start this release on? Is it a PC, console, etc.? Yeah, I, we're already available on PC, so uh, we're listed in the Epic Game Store. Uh, mm-hmm. It is early access pre-alpha, and it's closed access. Uh, if you join our Discord right now, we can get you a an access key. Um, just given its early stage, we wanted to make sure we didn't open the floodgates too soon. So yeah. you know what it is could be misinterpreted. Uh, we're looking at open open access by the end of this year or maybe early next year, but nevertheless, it's on Epic Game Store. Uh, we're happy to distribute out a game access key if you want to test it out in this early alpha state. Uh, we have ambitions to go to mm-hmm. console as well, and um, and then we've also done a little bit of work in VR to date. Not a lot, mm-hmm. uh, just very experimental work, but it's looking it's looking really cool. Uh, but yeah, PC and and console, hopefully in the future. I can imagine the VR experience really working nicely, even if it was just like a garage with your, you know, your spaceships and you can go around them. That could already be really nice. Um, Okay, let's move on to Sage Labs. So you already kind of talked a bit about it before, but this is the most recent release. I believe it came out like a week ago or something around that. Um, Can we dive a bit deeper into what Sage Labs is? You mentioned it's like a strategy game with a lot of sort of inventory management and, um, you know, resources. Maybe you can explain it uh, in a bit more detail. Yeah, it's it's very much a logistics and supply chain uh, game loop. It, it it is a heavy focus on the economy right now. Um, <clears throat> Labs itself started really in the I don't know, call it the the skunk works or the basement of uh, Star Atlas Engineering, where we were testing out a lot of these on-chain systems and how they would uh, be orchestrated together. And so uh, the guys had thrown together just a really rough rudimentary UI. They kind of had understanding and context of the programs. And um, a few months ago, after you know seeing where the progress was with the the program programs themselves, we made the determination that we could, as I said, give it a facelift, put a clean UI on it, and um, and get that out to people so they could start participating in this this new economy. Um, it is a a two D uh, more text-based and menu-based gameplay. There are some uh, visual elements that represent where you are on the map and where you have assets across the map. Uh, but otherwise, it it includes all three factions with a set of different star bases, and each star base 
has a unique set of resources. There's nine base resources in the game, but there's some uh, probably 28 or 29 different craftable resources, and this could be compounded out into two or three crafting processes that combine different items. Um, and uh, and so what you're doing is you're, you're loading your ships into the game, and um, uh, you're determining what asset you want to craft or you know where you think a market opportunity lies. You're going out and extracting that, and then uh, again, bringing it all back to your central space station. That's where you can extract it out of the game and trade it on the marketplace if you want to. Longer term, uh, Sage Labs is the basis for Sage, which is just the browser game, Star Atlas Golden Era. And, and that's when we would enhance it with the WebGL 3D assets. And you know, it would feel a lot more like, say, a Stellaris than an O game, which is what it's similar to now. Um, and in the future, the players are actually going to need to construct their own star bases, and this is how they'll capture territory and expand the borders of uh, of their factions. And um, I guess I should outline: there's three co core factions in the game: the Mud, the Ooster, and the Oni. And this is like the, the future humans, sentient android beings, and then this consortium of alien races. And they're currently operating under a treaty of peace, but there's some rumblings going on and and uh out in the medium risk zone and and out in the high risk zone uh some piracy and other um, activity taking place nefarious activity taking place so that's kind of um that's that's the real basis for um sage and uh I would just outline too that this is 100% on chain so your character creation your profile your character progression movement and coordinate systems inventory management systems, the extraction, crafting processes in the future of the combat systems, all executed as transactions. This includes localized inventory as well throughout the map. So when you, if you're at one star base and you have resources there, you can't just extract that out of the game and you can't just instantly teleport that to another star base. You actually need to bring ships in um, that all have, you know, all of our ships have extensive attributes um, associated with them. So depending on how you construct a fleet of ships determines you know, how capable it is at, at combat, how capable it is at freighting, how much inventory space it has, things like this. But you have to actually set up supply chain for yourself to be able to restock your resources like fuel along the way and ultimately get everything back to that central space station. And the, the crypto person in me wants to know, are the resources, say I have 10 copper or uh, wh whichever kind of resource, are they tokens themselves or they NFTs? Are. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. They're all SFTs. Yep. So in uh, SFTs. Which is a, a effectively just a... Uh, really a fungible token we can, you can okay. just call them fungible tokens they're all on solana these are all spl tokens i oh, got you got you yeah. okay got you okay so in theory could i like make a pool you know with with say two startless resources you know on orca or somewhere and people could trade that resource you 100 could that's awesome yeah. that's <laughs> Very the power cool. of web3 i mean that's yeah. what i'm talking about right yeah like, liberty freedom for you to go out and use um the assets that are in your wallet in any way that you want to in yeah, fact super cool we have seen someone set up uh, an r4 pool so the r4 this was originally conceptualized with um 
faction fleet, which was something that came out in December of 2021. But that was the food, fuel, ammunition, and toolkits. Those are the four base resources, consumable resources that you needed to maintain a fleet that mm. as long as you had a non-zero balance of those, your fleet was earning Atlas. So that was mm. kind of the early activation of the emission curve of Star Atlas. But somebody set up a pool, just like you're suggesting, with those four mm. resources, and people can trade in and out of that LP. Very cool. Really neat. Yeah. And I'm just curious, are you are you a fan of the Expanse? Because some of the, the lore that you were mentioning totally took me to the Expanse almost immediately. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, probably not my favorite in terms of, of sci-fi, but uh, it's yeah. a cool show. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Okay, let's move on a bit more to like looking forward. You guys are, have an incredible amount of load on your on your shoulders here with the three different projects. I'm curious, like, what does the next, say, year or a couple of years look like in terms of the pipeline? I mean, it is packed. Uh, this was another conversation I was just having this morning, and we'll actually be um, kind of – we've taken the approach recently to be a little bit more proactive with the prioritization and, and really trying to compartmentalize um, to a minimum, minimum MVP. You know, mm. in, in software development, MVP, the minimum viable product that you can get out. And I think what we've fallen victim to uh, through the early phases of this company is is thinking we have an MVP, but it turns out it's actually way bigger scope than mm. what we originally thought. And so something that, you know, we think we can get out in three months takes a year to get out or something mm. along those lines, right? So um, really trying to consider what is the minimum feature enhancement that we can release that adds value and utility to all of the players, something that still provides entertainment for them. But <clears throat> if I were to go maybe just thought from top down, uh, Unreal Engine product again, 2.2 uh, release, we're targeting end of year or early next year. Um, and this is the competitive combat racing loop. It's also ship mastery, so your ship can level up. It's the ship configuration, so you can customize components throughout the ship. You can customize your crew. You can specialize in, in various attributes. Um, but one of the big innovations that is coming out along with the public release is this um, integration and partnership that we have with a company called Metagravity. So metagravity is similar to, say, a Hadean or Improbable. This is all about um, uh, back-end server architecture, dedicated servers, but also user concurrency scaling. And mm -hmm. um, the, the big goal for us is to create one giant open world that is completely seamless in and out of atmosphere and also you know, no fragmentation, no sharding, no separate instances, no separate servers for the players at all. Whatever happens on a central space station is replicated across the galaxy or across the universe for every single player that's effectively in the game. And so uh, we've been successful at testing 5,000 concurrent users, single wow. instance so far. Uh, our goal is 30,000 by the end of the year. Uh, we're tracking on that. It's looking looking promising. Um, that in and of itself would be um, record-breaking in the mm. industry. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's delivered, you know, like improbable with, um, with uh, the other side meta. I think they've done 14,000 or 15,000. Um, uh, they they do use um, spatial partitioning, so it's kind of a different tech than what Metagravity uses. But nevertheless, for us, that would be a, a huge, huge accomplishment, and it really just scales from there is the idea. So 
Um, those are kind of the big up and coming for Unreal Engine product for now. We also have a handful of experimental modes. I mentioned the first person shooter, third person shooter concept. Um, we have a couple of, I might be oversharing here, but we have a couple of um, uh, uh, game modes that we've been experimenting with, like Capture the Flag, uh, King of the Hill, Team Deathmatch, stuff like this. So we're just going to uh, play around with a few of those different modes and then don't know if we'll go this direction next year or not. Uh, but there is a, um, I think, a great opportunity in creating a combat arena. So PvP combat arena with your ships. And, you know, you have to do matchmaking and all of that. But um, I'm a big fan of PvP and every MMO Me that too. I play. And, uh, you know, in terms of something that's repeatable, just being able to get in a match and constantly compete against other players, um, we, we do think there's a big opportunity there. So that might be coming for uh unreal product as well the mobile fitness app um this one's kind of taken uh the back burner for now but i think sometime early next year uh we'll we'll try to release the mobile fitness app and then labs is is um you know again really the big innovation with all of the on-chain logic for now and then we will be figuring out how do we integrate that logic with unreal engine but in the meantime it's bringing forward the the 3D UI, um, and then expanding out into things like Starbase crafting, adding in the combat systems, adding in loyalty point systems, and then um, uh, transitioning the economic model to reintroduce Atlas emissions as a part of that uh, gameplay loop. I love how the like this question to a, a standard like NFT project or, or game project, it would probably be a very rudimentary answer, you know, like, oh, we're going to add multiplayer in six months and but it just goes to show like a testament to you guys's ambition that how much uh you know how much you guys want to work on and, and how much you guys are already looking to ship and deliver uh it, it sounds really really exciting i can completely understand why people enjoy to be in the in the community and along for the ride um we're hitting 30 minutes here michael it's been a real pleasure to have you uh, i'm pumped to see like what you guys are releasing next i already had a play with sage sage labs um, so nice. yeah, again, thanks so much for coming on. And if folks want to learn a bit more about Star Atlas, where should they head? Louis, I was just going to say, I, I had about 20 other things that we're working on I was going to tell you about, but if we're at time, we're at time. But uh, honestly, um, our DAC platform, this is a guild management system that's also fully on-chain. Uh, a lot of the people in our community that are members of big guilds are really looking forward to this. And then we have a really cool profile system. That allows for account management. I just wanted to tease those two things out there um, because uh, those are coming sooner than later as well. But yeah, I mean, in terms of um, getting news, it, I, to me, the best place is just to join our Discord because it's always mm -hmm. vibrant, it's always active, and and people are willing to share and exchange information back and forth. But otherwise, you know, following us on YouTube and following us on Twitter, we're we're uh, active posters there as well. And in fact. Uh, for the people that are economic-minded, uh, we produce a quarterly state of the economy report, and that's coming out uh, on the 29th of this month. So in a couple of days, uh, the econ report will be out, and uh, we actually have some early data that we're sharing about the traction and success of Sage Labs. You know, this is a topic for another day, maybe next time you come on, but it makes me think, I don't know if you're familiar with the network state concept, but a lot of what you describe really connects closely to me with like the idea of creating this kind of incipient network state. You have this economy, you have like regular reports, 
you have a kind of government, I guess, who collects a, a small fee. Um, it's a fascinating, fascinating experiment that you guys are on. Uh, I do encourage everyone to take a look. And again, thanks so much, Michael, for coming on. Thanks, Louis. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review if you're feeling generous. And I'd also like to give a brief reminder that nothing said on the podcast is financial advice. My views are my own. And when navigating crypto, remember that you are responsible for your own assets and always do your own research.